0: Welcome to Cauldron of Worlds. Episode 10 Creating Races. Well, hello and welcome to Cauldron of Worlds. I'm Chad Corey. And as I mentioned at the introduction here, we are talking today about creating races. For those who aren't familiar with the general idea behind this podcast, I'm looking to give some information and some insight into making fantasy world settings or sci-fi world settings, whatever the case might be, using some information I've developed and uh, experienced and and found successful in my own world-creating career, I guess you can say, and passing that on to you, helping you guys do that, uh, make your own worlds without having a lot of the headache and hassle and trial and error that I had to uh, suffer and endure and kind of... Let you guys benefit from my mistakes, as it were. And again, we've been looking at it from a macro to micro approach. That means we're looking at the very big, big concepts and kind of working our way down into smaller, more bite-sized pieces till we actually get to the story itself. And so far, we've been able to go from a very large concept all the way down now to looking at the individual races who will be populating the the world and the continents and landmasses that you produced we talked about, I should say, last episode. So, this is probably one of the more enjoyable or fun, or, or uh, I guess one of the aspects of world building that I really, really get into more so than, than any other. I, I like the historical elements and, and other aspects of world building, but I think making the races is kind of a fun, fun process. And it's actually, for me, the opportunity to begin to see things flesh out and, and have a face, so to speak, of what this world setting will. Will look like overall. And what I'll be doing for this particular episode is just sharing what I do when I make my own worlds. And I have a a template that I go through and I just kind of fill in the the sections on it. And it's very effective for my purposes and it, it gets pretty specific to what I have a need for. And you can feel free to adopt that as your own, obviously. And like everything I've been saying on this podcast in general, take it with a grain of salt look at it and say, okay, I like this part, I don't like this part, or you can, you know, totally disregard everything and forget I even mentioned it, or you can, you know, adopt it all, whole cloth, and begin to use it uh, for your own purposes, you know, whatever works for you. So basically what I do, go, like I said, going over the, the basic template here and uh, give you some pointers information that I've found successful and useful, is I have an overview for if, if, if there's a, a racial overview And I look at all the races on the the planet or world setting or cosmos, whatever you're looking at doing, and I assign them a real world equivalent to a culture or a theme or something that they can be related to. Usually the agenda, the idea behind it is to mix and match different cultures or take different elements of a culture that we know and twist it or turn it in such a way that It has elements that we are familiar with, but there's taken in a different direction and used in a different way that make it unique or people might say original. Although, you know, when you do this, you realize quickly in the process here of world building, there's not a lot of truly unique original stuff out there. Usually it's just different twists and turns on concepts that have already been out there, been used for for quite a long while. But for an example, if you had a race that you thought would be more equivalent to like the Norse Vikings, shall we say, you liked some of the elements, the visual aspects of their dress or weaponry or, you know, whatever, uh, but you wanted to take a twist on it so you're not really doing, people don't call you, this is a Viking story. You can maybe twist it around instead of having them live in a place that's colder or or snowy like we tend to think of it maybe they live in a desert or maybe they live in a a totally landlocked society and so now they don't have any means of of ship uh, transportation and use something else instead so i mean you're twisting it around you're blending it around you're making it different that's that's a single culture maybe you want to combine the culture let's say of the russian russian uh, vikings the Rus, with say the mayans now, would be kind of a unique, unique combination, but then you're, you're picking and choosing what elements and aspects you'd like to incorporate into that blend, that mix. And that could be a lot of things. Like I said, maybe you're really big into the visual, how that looks, and obviously each has their own unique aspects about them that kind of contribute to that overall appearance that we're familiar with and kind of be attracted to. But you can find a perfect blending that works well for you. But then the idea behind that is by having a cultural touchstone or some elements that you are familiar with and would like to incorporate into this race that you're creating, it is giving you the heads up already and with some elements that you want to put in there as far as the development of the race, you know, cosmology, not cosmology, but cosmetically and uh, culturally and, and things like that. So It's giving you some some heads up, some thumbnails already, some cliff notes, if you were, to, to build upon. And that's kind of what I use it for. It's also handy to have on hand because, like we mentioned in previous episodes, people are going to be looking at this maybe later on for maybe development into TV, movies, animation, toys, action figures, role-playing games. You know, if there's anything you want to do besides a book. So like I said, if you're creating a, world, a role-playing game, you're creating a a video game, you're creating, a you know, whatever that might have a different way to interact with it, especially if it's visual or things like that. You want to have some type of a cultural reference that people can be familiar with and, and give them kind of a flavor for that helps them with the design and, and later fleshing out of the uh, of the race in general. So that's kind of the first thing I do is I go around and kind of do a cultural overview of kind of what, I, what flavor I want to have permeate these different races and things. That also kind of helps set them apart and establishes the tone. Then if there's multiple racial groups or ethnic groups within a race, which sometimes can happen with humans, or maybe a different uh, groups of elves or dwarves or what have you. If you're using those for races, then I'll make like a general overview of all the the, the main racial group. For instance, on Trollodron, there's about four different types of of humans, different ethnic groups of humans, but they're all you know all human race, but they're just different ethnic groups in that under that category. And so what I did is I just incorporated an, an overview of all humanity and here's some general things about humanity here's how they generally appear look you know all that kind of stuff and then if they have a a language that's important there's a universal language you know just universal things you want to incorporate first and establish and usually in that one of the major elements i always incorporate or at least try to incorporate is a lifespan uh, how long they live generally and what if it fluctuates throughout the years and again, just some universal things. You know, all humans tend to have, you know, two arms, two legs, you know, the usual stuff you would expect to find in a, in a basic introductory concept. If There's a common ancestry point. For instance, the, the humans in, in Tralodon have a common ancestor. And so, you know, if there's a common ancestry point that there's people should be aware of, then I make mention of that as well. And, and you know, just some general universal traits that would be handy to have access to and for easy reference for, for everybody. So again, that's those are the two major things that build the universal aspect of the race we're talking about. Now obviously if you don't have a universal uh, umbrella for several different uh, ethnic groups, then if you you know just have one race, you know, dwarves are dwarves, humans are humans, and okay, then you probably just skip that universal part, all you're look to and, and tie it into what I'll be talking about here next. But the, the major group listing here I have is a template for each individual race. Now, I try and keep it concise, but also have it fleshed out to some extent to, to allow me the ability to have some history and some 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 foundation which I can touch base with and use in uh, developing stories and keeping things consistent. And usually how that works down is the first part of it is more or less the, the cosmetic summary, or I guess you can say the summary of the template or the write-up in general. How I How I do it is I have the name of the race on top and then I list what their diet is now the diet can be you know omnivores usually for people like you know most humans are omnivores uh, is that you eat anything uh, you know vegetable animal nuts berries you know dairy all, you're pretty much all over the place there are different options of course you could do you know a vegetarian carnivore the unique one is you know uh, I think what's it called do you drink blood I think it's a chemovore or something like that so I mean, you can you can pick different things that fit within the category. Although I think most races are probably going to lean more towards the omnivore option. Then I list where their location is, um, primarily what, at least for their modern time, where I'm writing the story. Obviously, things might change in the past or in the future. But you know, where I'm starting, at the beginning of the story, this world setting, where where are they located, and I explain just a little summary where they're where they're located primarily. Then I get into their language and I, I write down what their written language is called and what their spoken language is called, because sometimes they're different. Sometimes they're the same. Um, I mean, like for us, for Americans, there's there's English, and then there's British English, there's American English. Um, but for other cultures, there's different ways. You know, there's a spoken version, and there's a written version. So this allows me, again, a little thumbnail version I can type into, and make use of it. And while we're here, let me do a little quick rabbit trail. You might want to have some fun developing people's languages. Um, I didn't really touch base too much on that yet on the previous episodes, but it's really fun. Um, Again, I don't know how specific you need to be for your world setting, but if it's something that's visual cues or things that you want to have on, let's say, monuments or manuscripts or things that people come across, whether in comic books or movies or games or what have you, you might want to have a general idea of what your language is based off of, at least how it generally looks, and at least how it is, you know, how many letters and things it consists of, and how it's used in the overall now, written form. That might be a good way to get some ideas that way. And you can check, there's lots of information online about that as far as how languages look and even the variations within different cultures over the period of time, and, you know, whether it's more pictographic, cuneiform, photo. Uh, you know, Roman script or things like that, you can decide what works best for you. But again, just having the general name and just how some things differ maybe from the written form, or maybe there is no written form. That's another option too. They just have a spoken. It's a totally oral culture, which I've got some races I've done that way too. So it's kind of unique. It just helps them stand apart a little bit more and gives you a little bit more information about who they are as a people and what they might be doing in the future. So after the language section, we talk about their general height, I just give a range of how typically they will fall within this range, this category, their general weight. Typically, again, you can go, people can weigh more than the average and less than the average, obviously, but kind of have average range that people tend to fall into. And then I'll list the eye colors. And I just give the whole list of the eye colors. If there's, you know, if you have more than one, sometimes maybe it's just one color they have. And then I get into the hair color and then I describe the skin tone in various shades you know light to medium or dark or you know pale that kind of stuff and uh, also enlist any special powers or abilities that that they may have for instance maybe these guys that you're making can blow fire out of their nose i don't know or <laughs> they have laser beams or their eyes i don't know but in general uh, most of the races that i've done so far for just normal people I haven't really had anything unique but you know maybe if they have Horns on their head that can be used as weapons, or they can, you know, or energy can flip reflect the sun and you know shoot sunbeams out of them. I don't know. That's just something you want to take a little note of there. And then following that basic summary, uh, I usually keep that in a block format to keep it simple. Then I get a, get down into individual paragraphs, which I have categorized by by several different categories, and I'll just list the categories and then tell you a little bit about what I, I put into it. Again, the idea is to be concise, but also give the, the basic information, or as much information, I should say, I would need to fully write or reference or use these uh, races for anything I want to do, whether it's, like I said, writing, media development, what have you. So the first category, the first paragraph, is their general appearance. And for instance, uh, just read the Talborians here, I have it up on the screen. Um, Taborians are type of human for uh, And for those who don't know. It, it just says uh, Taborians are humans with a light to medium complexion, a mixture of varied hair and eye colors. Pretty simple, right? You can make it as specific as you want, but it just generally gives you an overview of who these people are. Maybe you've got like frog people, you know these frog people are you know bipedal frogs with big eyes and red fingers and, and toes you know if you want to get a little more specific you could say they got pot bellies and a hunchback or you know whatever you you want to do to make them look specific and you can make that as detailed as you want. I just you know I just picked the humans here I'm using for an example but you know, obviously we know what humans are and I didn't need to go into great depth on that. The next paragraph is clothing and dress. And again these are all highlighted or um, have a header I should say that's bold that kind of sets them apart. And basically, you just explain how they typically dress. Again, you're going to find this is not like how everyone dresses all the time, but this in general, you're speaking in generalities now. Usually, you know, people wear this type of outfit. They usually wear pants and tunics or shirts and dresses or, you know, whatever they they go by. What I typically do is I do try and break it up uh, between the sexes. I just say, here's what men typically wear. Here's what women typically wear, just because most societies, most cultures have a differential idea of what is appropriate for, for men and for women. And just for just general use of what men typically tend to do. Women typically tend to do there's there's different biological things involved there, of course, too, that contribute to the various designs. But maybe you want to do something different on that. You want you don't really want to have the the line between the the different sexes there and what they wear so obvious and maybe there's a blending so that's that's up to you but for me most of the just a lot easier just to have typically what things are how things are different maybe they maybe men can only wear certain colors women can only wear certain styles of things if that's important you might want to have that as a note so you keep that in the back of your mind and it contributes to the overall history of your people especially if you're referencing different cultures that are already in existence and you, you like that element of it maybe you can incorporate that as well into your your dressing notes. And again, I just, I don't go super specific unless it's needed. I just list the overall, here's a basic idea of what they usually wear, color schemes that typically are are common. And again, you got to remember that unless you're a very affluent whole society here, most people are going to wear, I don't want to say the bare minimum, but most people are going to be the peasant stock or the people that are just going to more be more unitarian or utilitarian in their, their dress. They're not necessarily going to be dressing to the nines every day to go you know, clean out the troughs or to you know, go work in the mines or what have you. So keep that in mind too. This is just a general overview of how the general population dresses. Obviously, you're going to have those that are more wealthy, other special events that go on. You're going to you know, change your wardrobe and, and do things accordingly. The next paragraph, we'll talk about weapons and armor. And again, here I just keep things kind of specific. If there's a certain weapon that maybe is the, the race is known for, like like again, if we're talking about the Viking theme again, maybe you really want to do axes. That's a big thing for them. Or maybe your your thing is spears. This race is really big into spears, or they're really big in bow and arrows, or crossbows, or whatever. Um, that might be something. You know, these are the, these are the favorite weapons that they tend to have, or ones that they're known to to like and enjoy. If there's a certain type of armor that they like to have, maybe they invented a certain type of armor or shield or helmet or something. Then that would be mentioned in there as well, or maybe they just make a, a mishmash. they have like piecemeal or they just kind of do a combination of whatever whatever works best for them, and then that might be something as well you want to take into consideration. or maybe they don't wear any armor at all or wear any or use any weapons. And again, that's something you might want to make note of. The next paragraph talks about their location. Again, just a little bit more detail about where they can be found that we listed uh, previously in the, the block summary at the top of the entry. And again, you can get super specific if you want. You know, these fifteen cities have this is where all the these races live, or this this section here only between the valley of this and that, this is where they Yeah, you can get it as, as specific as you want and make it as specific as you want. Or you can make it as nebulous as you want. It's really up to you. Again, it's your your entry point. But just giving people or giving yourself and other people who might read it a general idea of where they're located, at least right now at this point in time. Doesn't necessarily mean that's where they've always been, but this, that's where they primarily tend to hang out now is, is something useful and, and beneficial. The next block we talked about is uh, already a little bit is language. And here I just get into a little bit of specifics about the general look of the language, how it is always written. I don't really get into the spoken, although if you want to have a spoken way, explain. Maybe it has a nasally component to it, maybe it has a gravelly guttural aspect to it but again these are really going to come down to how other people outside of that race interpret that language and that might vary from place to place and if their language is similar to the other language they might not have as much of an issue with it for instance i mean there is like british english american english um australian english new zealand english i mean but it's, it's still english there's a little bit of a different accent to it and we all might think we say it say things a little bit differently. We probably do to to their ears, but it's you know it's those are things you want to take into consideration. So it might not be totally different to the person who speaks English. It might just sound a teeny bit different. But if someone you know if you're, someone speaking German and you're speaking English, it sounds different. You're going to notice some some different things about it. So take that you know, into consideration, too. If that's something that you want to incorporate in your stories or things, you can write down, again, how things sound or what people tend to think it sounds like, if that's important. Otherwise, I, I generally give an overview of how the language looks or what it functions like and kind of have a reference point to it. So if I ever need to use it, I can write in stories like it looks like this or this is in the elements of it. Here's, how it. here's the impression you get looking at it. That would be very helpful. And again, it's all part of keeping things consistent and keeping things universal as far as uh, all the languages and everything in general. So after the language section, then we have a little paragraph on their religious leanings. And this would be obviously under the impression that if you had any religious or philosophical leanings in your world setting, usually you're going to find, depending upon what you're doing, a lot of fantasy usually has some type of religious or philosophical viewpoint that people are tied to. Even if it's secular, there's a secular philosophical viewpoint that people are Committed to some way, shape, or form, mild to you know, zealous, whatever the case might be. Uh, if it's science fiction, maybe it's a political ideology. Maybe it's uh, you know, if there's no if there's no real religion or religious mindset, if it's all atheistic, that that's still a you know a philosophy in and of itself. So, what what do they think basically? Whether it's political, religious, philosophical, whatever you want to call it, how does that affect them, and how does that how do they tend to go? Again, you're speaking in generalities, but uh, just usually, how how is as a race does this? Do they tend to go which direction? Do they tend to, to favor or lean toward? Doesn't say nothing. Doesn't really mean that everyone who is a human and you know in your world is going to follow the same thought process. Obviously, but it's just how do people typically go? If you're human in the world setting, makes sense. Okay. Um, following that, we have kind of the last, one of the last sections here. It's called society and culture. And usually what I try and do is i I have about four paragraphs under it, uh, under the heading. And I just give a basic or somewhere around that. I mean, I sometimes more than that, depending if I need to get into the really deep specifics, but basically what you're doing is focusing on, okay, what, what is the core element of this race? What do they really think? If I had to condense it down like some type of soup broth or something and make a condensed flavor here from all the various components that we've added in. What, what could I say about these people in general? And that is something you're going to have to figure out. Part of that will come through what you decided to do for maybe cultural references and things, maybe like, again, going back to the Viking ideology, if maybe they're very independent and a warrior type of society, and so they value strong-willed people. They value the, the strong and the, the, the adventurous and the courageous and, and those kind of things. And maybe that's a, a core element of, of their culture and their society. Or maybe they're a very uh, patriarchal society or a matriarchal society. Or maybe they're a very peaceful, uh, but a pragmatic peaceful society or a pacifistic society. So again, you kind of get the idea, how, how does that play out with who they are now, what do they typically do as as a race as far as a culture goes? Are they known for anything in particular? I mean, are they great at making certain technological advances? Are they more of a scholarly type of people? Are they not one to really get their hands dirty? They're more, you know, leave that for other people. They're more of an elitist kind of mindset. Or maybe they're very egalitarian society. Um, you know, those are things that you'll have to incorporate, obviously, into your own your own individual races for your world setting, because I don't know what you're looking to do or plan. Maybe they're a society that actually hates themselves and are always trying to reinvent or tear themselves down because of their past, or they are they see themselves as a an improper hybrid of, of two different cultures that should never have been. Or you know, there's a lot of things um, you can incorporate in and play around with and, and put in there. But again, generally, what I what I try and do is just give a general flavor. And a feel, and if I had to condense it down, you know, to a few little nuggets here, who are these people, and what did they do in general, and what what's their general worldview, you know, culturally speaking in society, uh, societally speaking, as a race. And again, that that doesn't mean everyone who is that race is going to be that way, but if they had an overall arcing, you know, like you could say things about America. There's certain things, generally speaking, about America that that a lot of people tend to have or subscribe to or, or have elements of about them in their life. And does that mean everyone checks all the boxes on that description? No. But there's there's certain flavors and things that, that influence and, and control and, and input and and flavor your own uh, life and existence and the way you, you see the world, culturally speaking and society speaking. So that's kind of, like I said, that's the, the summary of that that little block there. And that might be the most challenging perhaps for you if you haven't figured that out yet for Races, but the last one we're looking at is the racial relations, and that is how people see them overall how people interact with them, how they interact with others. And maybe they might might not be seen as a a good group by other groups, especially maybe they're warmongers by other people, or maybe they're mamby pambies because they're too pacifistic. You you get the generally general idea. So that's kind of the, like I said, that's just a quick overview of the template that I have that I use for all the races, at least major races that I do for the world settings that I do. And I I found it very helpful, very successful. And for me, it usually works out to be about two, maybe two and a half pages if I get really long winded in a couple of sections for important reasons. But it serves me very well to kind of give me a working template I can look at and say, okay, if I'm going to do a human, I'm going to do an elf, whatever the race might be, this is kind of how they are. And this is what they're about, and that just makes it very easy to instantly connect with them, write with them. It makes it very easy. I can hand that off. I can give a summary to people doing comic books now. I've given that to people who do comic books. It's a handy reference. People can begin to draw, and they just don't need me there over their shoulder. You get sending them emails all the time say, "No, tweet this, tweet that." I just I give them the basic information, and they have all they need to do what they need to do and then the same would be so for you know movies t v animation, whatever role-playing games, video games, whatever you're looking to do for your world setting. And so with that, I think we'll wrap up this particular episode. Again, thank you for taking a listen. Hopefully it will be of a benefit to what you're looking to do for your world setting. And we'll see you again next episode. This podcast is copyright Chad Corey. All rights reserved.